For the Love of Teaching is a podcast brought to you by TeachData. We save teachers hours each week by bringing them quality, downloadable teaching resources for their classrooms. To make your classroom buzz, go to teachdata.com. Hey teachers, Bron here. Thanks so much for listening to For the Love of Teaching. Please rate and review us in the Apple Podcast app and help us to reach more teachers' ears. Okay, teachers, hands up if you've ever lost your voice. After a sports carnival, a performance rehearsal, maybe after playground duty or even just a regular day in your classroom. You're not alone because research shows that teachers are three to five times more likely to experience voice problems than people in the general population. But despite this, many of us haven't learned much about our voices let alone how important voice care is for teachers. And it is important for us to understand a few key things about our voices so that we can take care of this crucial tool. In today's episode, I'm joined by voice coach Sally Prosser, and we're going to talk about vocal style and then a little bit later, voice care. Welcome, Sally. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, I know you coach people from all walks of life, What is it that you actually do in your sessions? Well, this is a very, very common question. On my business cards, I have, no, it's not singing. Because when (laughs) I say I'm a voice coach, people think I'm going to break out into song. Um, So I guess the easiest way to explain it is I develop vocal fitness. And there's a few areas to it. First of all, you've got the way that you sound. So the quality of the voice, the tone. If people think, oh, I'm a bit high-pitched or I'm a bit nasal, those kind of things, that's in the area of sound. Then we work on speech to make sure the speech has clarity. And we also work on expression. So essentially making sure that you don't sound boring when you're talking. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Something that teachers are very good at naturally. Yeah. And something, you know, to be an engaging educator, you do have to express in different ways, especially when reading a narrative or presenting a lesson. Yep. Really important skill there. So what is a vocal style? Look, I think a vocal style is similar to wardrobe in a way. In the same way that you might have your clothing style, you Mm. have a vocal style. And it's all the things that make up a good outfit, I suppose. And I believe people can have different vocal styles as well in the same way that you can wear something, you know, you can be yourself but dress up for a ball or dress to go to the gym. You can put different vocal styles on to suit the scenario. Mm, Cool. That's a really good analogy because... I listened to your podcast this morning and you're you're really good at explaining things in that way of using metaphors and analogies. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm it... the queen of the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's really good to get that imagery happening and make those connections because you you yourself are a teacher as well. You were a speech and drama teacher. I was, yes. Yep. So you know how to get the messages across. I want to know, how do you develop your vocal style? Where does it come from? I believe it comes from relaxing really it comes from releasing tension I find with a lot of voices it's not it's it's the real voice isn't coming out because it's held back by either being too tense or not getting enough breath in or not getting enough breath out but when you can relax and get the breathing flowing then the voice will flow naturally as well Mm. so I sometimes joke that I can usually pick a teacher after having a really quick conversation with them because teachers do tend to have a very teachery way of talking both inside and outside of the classroom. I know I, I feel like I've got that going. Do you think teachers typically have their own vocal style? It's funny you say that because people have said that to me, saying, Sal, you really have a bit of a teacher voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, it's, I think teachers have a beautiful clarity 
And I think it was a, a social situation where I was like, okay, so we're going to go to this restaurant and then after that we're going to go to this club and then we can just disperse from there. How does that, how does that sound? <laughs> they're like, you're doing your teacher voice. Yeah. Um, so I think that what it is is it's naturally using a lot of expression and a lot of clarity because, of course, that's what you want the kids, you want the kids to understand what you're saying and be interested. Yeah. So is it possible to, to cultivate that if you feel like you're not naturally – a person who speaks with clarity or speaks with expression, is that something that people can train themselves to do? Absolutely. 100%. And how would you suggest that they go about starting down that path? Well, the first step, even though people will not want to do this, it's to listen to your own voice. Mm. I find most people hate the sound of their own voice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ignorant bliss. You yeah. Know? It's there when I need it, but I'm not going to listen. And I even know with podcasts, a lot of people don't listen to their podcasts back because they just don't want to listen to their own voice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is confronting the first time you hear your own voice. It reminds me of, remember in the olden days we used to have answering machines with the tape in it? Yes. I used to hate the sound of my voice on an answering machine, but now everything's digital and you don't have to listen to your voice recording on your voicemail and you don't have to listen to your voice very often. But when you do, it's like, do I really sound like that? Yeah, it's the most common thing. Do I really sound like that? Yeah. And it's true. The sound of the voice does sound different in our head, but not that different. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing is, is we don't listen. So I'd suggest starting to record yourself, whether it's on video, whether it's just uh, reading a news article on c- the computer, just put your phone open in the voice memo and record and then listen back because it sounds a little bit like Alcoholics Anonymous here, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> awareness is the first step to change. Yep. <laughs> and that's why in my first session, I, I often do do that recording mm-hmm. because people will listen back and say, oh, I didn't realise that I did that. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say, oh, I, f- I sound really monotone. I just stick on the same tone. And I'll say, no, actually you don't. Mm. You don't stick on the same tone. You, you vary the tone, but yep. you just speak at the same pace. Mm-hmm. So it's about just recognising what you do yep. and going from there. Yeah, and that makes total sense, especially to teachers because we do diagnostic testing. That's a hard hard one to say. <laughs> with our students and we get a baseline for what they are working with and then as they progress, they're able to reflect back on where they started and see how far they've come. Absolutely. It's funny that we are in a newsroom at the moment mm. because I started out in radio news oh. and it was, you know, reading the news at 5.30 in the morning and I, it's on a CD. Thank goodness nobody has CD players anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember not that long ago taking a listen to it and thinking, oh my goodness, yeah, like that's just terrible. Yeah. So you can see how far you've come and all the amazing work that you've done ever since. How, when... I don't want to be cheeky here, but what sort of era are we talking? So, for anyone down in Wollongong, it was 96.5 Wave FM in Wollongong. Okay. And it would have been 2005. Yeah. So, you've been working at this for quite a while. Yeah. And before that, I ran the speech and drama studio as well. Yep. Yeah. But, like, lots of funny things used to happen, especially when you're voicing it that early in the morning. I remember one morning you'd, you'd start with the weather. So you'd say, good morning, it's 5.30, I'm Sally Prosser, a fine and mostly sunny day ahead. And I remember one day I said, a sign and mostly funny day ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you just, you just carry on. I think that it's really important to forgive yourself and not be too hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. And my one of my aims is to make people love their voices because our voices are so precious and can do so much for us. And it really breaks my heart when I hear people say, oh, I hate my voice. Mm. 
Well, it's another part. It's an extension of ourselves. It's like our body. It's like if somebody was telling you, I don't like my body or I don't like my personality. And it's, it's kind of something that you, yeah, it would, it would definitely hu- tug on the heartstrings. I nearly said hug on the tart strings. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah, and the other work I do is with the inner voice. Yep. I say your real voice is a megaphone for your inner voice. And we all have those inner voices. There's a great TED Talk by Mel Robbins where she says if there was a megaphone put up to your head broadcasting what you said to yourself, you would be institutionalised. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And saying that we wouldn't be friends with people Mm -hmm. who said things to us, the same things that we say to ourselves. Mm, So I do a lot of work around getting that inner voice on side because it all starts with confidence. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And Mm. we are our biggest critics of ourselves. And um, yeah, probably other people aren't noticing these little quirks or mistakes as much as we perceive them ourselves, but that's part of growing as a person. So yeah, it's really great that you work with people along those those lines. So talking about your work, you are no longer practicing as a journalist, but you have your own business where you coach people on all things voice. So that's a super cool job. Do you get to meet lots of different people from different walks of life? Oh, it is amazing. And every day I am amazed by the people that reach out to me, mm-hmm. the diversity And my podcast, the tagline I use is, no matter who you are or what you do, your voice matters. And unless you've sworn a lifetime vow of silence, (laughs) then I say this is the podcast for you. Yeah. Because it's right through, you know, of course I work with, you know, politicians and real estate agents and people in high level management. Mm -hmm. But I also work with, you know, warehouse workers who have to do toolbox talks at the start of the day and not only get their team psyched up and talk about safety, Mm -hmm. but they have to do that over the sound of forklifts and (laughs) construction noises and things like that. Yep. Um, Teachers have a lot of challenges as well. Yep. Yeah. So what are some of the challenges that you think teachers have that are very occupation specific to them? Oh, a lot. Yep. You guys have got it pretty tough. There is so much pressure on your voice and your voice really needs to be on the whole day. It's one of the 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 tools of your trade, one of the key tools. And on top of that, noise from outside, if there's a class playing outside and you're trying to teach or if you have an extended class Mm. bigger than normal so Mm -hmm. you haven't just got your group but you've got the the whole lot in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, And often with kids, I could imagine there's a little bit of chatter and things going on. So your, your one voice needs to be able to be heard over all of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I have a bit of experience with actually damaging my voice when I first started teaching because, like you said, I was talking to more than the usual 25 students. I had a double teaching space and we had a little system going where we would share the 50 kids and the other teacher would support the the key teacher in her role of teaching. So I actually really hurt my um, throat and I had to have a little um, procedure done, which was quite yucky. We probably won't go into it. But uh, I think that that is something that's super common with teachers. They go and go and go until they just cannot go anymore. They just push through the discomfort of hurting their voice from raising it to a different level that they've never had to do before because they're not prepared. Um, So what can teachers do to mitigate Um, becoming uh, injured in their field of work when it comes to their voices. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because you look at a a stage actor, for example, they wouldn't dream going on stage night after night without doing their proper vocal warm-up and technique training every day. No. Uh, Whereas teachers, you know, you've got to use it at that high level. You're not just talking one-on-one. You're Mm -hmm. using your voice in a big way. Yeah. So the first thing is technique. 
if you haven't got the right technique, and generally it comes down to breathing, then you'll be just putting too much pressure on your vocal cords. Mm -hmm. The other part of it is rest. Mm. In the same way that if you were running every single day and didn't give yourself a break, your legs would get tired. Yeah. (laughs) Even if your technique was good. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know why I use running as a metaphor there. That's I'm I was going to say. Not much of an exerciser. <laughs> That's another amazing metaphor, and it sounds like you know a bit about it. So, well, exercise and and voices, they're, they're so similar in so many ways. Yeah. Um, in the same way that you can't go to the gym once and call yourself fit, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Voice is the same. It's something that you have to you have to go to the gym, learn how to the right technique, mm-hmm. get it fit, and then you have to keep going in order to maintain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. It's not a it's not a band-aid solution that you might do some warm-ups one day and then just neglect them the rest of the week. You need to you need to keep that routine going and make it part of, I guess, your practice. Absolutely. And I believe a lot of teachers do get some voice coaching somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. Okay, yeah. I have not personally had any experience accessing voice coaching, talking about it with colleagues. So it's super important. Um part of your job, your voice. It's probably the most important. Behaviour management comes down to voice, classroom organisation, your curriculum delivery, everything revolves around your voice. So protecting it should be like the paramount uh, priority. We, we talk heaps about teacher well-being and we get a lot of queries about this on our on our blog and also towards the podcast. And I think that the voice is often really overlooked. Why do you feel that we should make our voice health and I guess, fitness, a priority? Well, again, it goes back to the whole well-being. If your body starts to go, often your voice will be the first the first thing to go mm-hmm. when yeah. you're not feeling well. Um, so as part of overall health and well-being, like looking after yourself and, you know, drinking water and not pushing it too hard. It's quite funny considering the weekend that I've had. <laughs> did you have a good weekend, Sal? I did have a good weekend. Everything in moderation. Right? I like that you so say that. I don't want anyone to get the impression that I'm sitting here going, you must drink water and you must do this. Yeah. But, but it's just, it's like balance. anything. It's balance. Mm-hmm. And so, something you said on the podcast really intrigued me and terrified me a little bit, which is to minimise coffee intake, alcohol intake and cold water intake. And that's scary because <laughs> teachers, oh my gosh, we love those things. <laughs> so do I. Don't worry. Um, all I would say is just a balance. So mm-hmm. if you're going to have a coffee, then also make sure you have a glass of water. Yeah. If you're going to have a glass of wine, glass of water. Um, and room temperature water is going to be better for you mm. than cold water. Sometimes I go to events and they've got this freezing cold glass of water yeah. there and I just pull out my little drink bottle and I think they think they feel bad like they haven't done the right thing. Um, but you know when you're feeling unwell and the first thing you go for is the hot tea? Yeah. So warmer, warmer fluids are better. Mm. Yeah. yeah, especially if you start to feel your voice going, you know, mm-hmm. when you can just feel the scratch start to, to happen. And that's when it's really key to take action. I've been really conscious of it, especially since starting my own business, because mm-hmm. as you can imagine, everything relies on me having my voice. Yeah. And so as soon as I start to feel a bit of fatigue or inflammation, mm-hmm. I'm straight on the betadine sore throat cuckle. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so that's a hot tip for the teachers, the betadine. Yeah, it doesn't taste great, but... <laughs> seems to work um, and straight on the hot tea. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of For the Love of Teaching. And for people who want to learn more about using their voices effectively in teaching, you can subscribe to Sal's podcast, That Voice Podcast, or you can get in touch with Sal. Now, how should they get in touch with you? You can find me on Instagram at Sally Prosser Voice, also Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, 
or Twitter, Sally underscore Prosser. Okay, perfect. And we will link all of Sal's uh social media accounts in the episode description. Thank you so much for coming in, Sally. Thanks for having me. Bye. To learn more about using your voice effectively in your teaching career, subscribe to Sal's podcast, That Voice Podcast, and Sal will be popping back in again on For the Love of Teaching soon to talk about using your voice in a really professional way. Thanks for listening to this episode of For the Love of Teaching. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast app so that you get the latest updates on all the newest episodes. 